Oh, yuck. It's a bonus episode. Hey, everybody. Two Goofs is coming at you. You might have thought you were going to have to wait a month for another episode. Simply not the case. Goofsters, you treat us well, and we're going to reciprocate. We really appreciate all the encouragement you've given us. You want to hear more? We've got more tonight, and this is a doozy. Because we have one of our uh, best friends from our time working at Disney, a Pluto performer, among other things, who really has a fun and exciting, unique story to tell, in fact. So we are happy to welcome Nikki. How you doing? Oh, hello. Fabulous, fabulous. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we are hanging in because yes. we're actually we're going to be hanging on every word. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, make yourself known. Yeah, I am Jeff. <laughs> yeah. That's what we look for. Okay, so long-time listeners, you know, two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll recall that in our first episode, The Audition, we were talking about people we got to meet along that process, and for my second round of auditions in 2004, I met up with Nikki, and we became fast friends during those two days uh, that we had there, and there was so much going on uh, during that time, and so to catch us up, you've heard Jeff's perspective on the audition, you've mm-hmm. heard my perspective on the audition, but we need to hear Nikki's perspective. More specifically, <laughs> Nikki, you are coming from a, a very interesting place, which is to say you had just graduated from high school, is that right? Yes, sir. And what was your high school experience like? Well, I grew up in Las Vegas, which already makes for a weird growing up experience. (laughs) Um, So I grew up in Las Vegas and went to the Las Vegas Academy of Performing Arts High School. So all these things just making me extra weird throughout my life. Doing the performing, doing the theater thing. And 17, 18-year-old girls, they get their driver's license. They're only four hours away from the beach. We're like, we're driving to the beach every weekend. (laughs) We would literally drive to the beach four hours sit there, watch the sunset, and then drive home four hours. What is it like to not be tired as a teenager, right? I could not do that today at 34 years old in a million years. There's no way I could do that. And one day I was at the beach. It was actually like a Valentine's Day. It It was February 14th, so very close to an anniversary of that. Yeah. My girlfriends and I had driven to the beach, watched the sunset with all these friggin' couples around us, which, you know, is already like, uh, I'm 18, I'm alone, I'm on the beach with my friends, watching the sunset with a bunch of other people on dates. And I looked at my girlfriend on the drive home, and I was like, dude, we should figure out a way to live like here. We should do that so we don't have to drive four hours. And then we went home, looked on the interwebs, and this was back when the interwebs weren't so savvy. I mean, this was before, like, a MySpace situation. Right. And I uh, checked the interwebs, and I was like, Hey, you know what's weird? It looks like they do auditions for Disneyland characters, and it looks like there's one in two weeks. Like, do you want to go? Wouldn't that be funny if we, like, got a job at Disneyland? That would be hilarious. And then here we are, and I did, so... It was indeed hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to dig into some details on that for sure, because that, that's really interesting. Just like, we're here, we want to stay here, how do we Let's stay do here? Let's do it, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, but also, you know, we, we got into this a little bit in our discussion, which is, what was some of your work history prior to working at <laughs> Disneyland? Because I think this is going to be right. a little bit uh, unique to most people. How do we, I'm like... <laughs> I'm allowed to tell the truth, right? <laughs> I think so. I think we're okay. This is okay. a bonus episode. So let's or, yeah. see. Right, bonus episode, exactly. 
All right. So first job was, you know, besides being a babysitter and that kind of jazz that teenage girls do, I was a lifeguard at Wet n Wild, which used to be on the strip in Las Vegas, but is now off of the strip. I was a lifeguard for about 5.25 an hour when I was 16. And then I broke into working as a cabana girl at the Hard Rock Hotel. I did that for a couple summers. And what's involved there? Just bringing drinks or what? Oh, yes. Yes. You uh, wear a bikini and then bring drinks and towels to people that are rich, famous, or think or hope they would be rich and famous. (laughs) And that's just one of those degrading jobs that you can have at a ridiculously young age in Las Vegas. So I had myself one of those. I did a Halloween at what they call the Fright Dome at a Circus Circus in Vegas. I got killed by Michael Myers over and over and over and over oh. for an entire Halloween season every eight minutes. That's a lot of people's dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's you yeah. lived you lived a life as far as some oh. horror fans are concerned. Yeah, that was wait, my final wait. Halloween. Horror fans' dream is to be killed by Mike Myers. It's an honor. I mean, over and over, it's it an is an honor. honor. It my choice to be honor. Freddy Krueger, but either way, oh. it's still good. You got to be killed by someone iconic if you're going to be an actor at <laughs> all. You you're going to come on. And then, Don't. and then, weren't you a gondolier at one point? I was. Yes, that was so. I did that the final Halloween that I was there. So we were at October of 2003 would be when I worked at that haunted house. While I was working at the haunted house, I do believe I also was a cocktail waitress at a strip club because, you know, it's a bonus job you can have when you Again, when you live in you Las Vegas. You were like Vegas. 17 years old, yeah, yes? Se- yeah, 18 years old. I was 18. I had just turned oh, okay. 18 and that's when you're allowed to uh, help serve the beverages. So my glamorous life continues. And then... After that, when I realized I had reached a new low and I was only 18 years old, <laughs> was when Jeff was indeed correct. I turned to gondoliering. I turned to gondoliering. Turned to gondoliering. <laughs> like so many do. Like I so many. Exactly. <laughs> so many downtrodden singers become a gondolier. Um, Although, if you and if you've ever been to the Venetian in Vegas, I mean, you got to have a, a set of pipes on you to be able to be a gondolier. They can sing. Was, so. Yeah, it was it was a job I was very proud of. It was it was pretty pretty fun. Yeah. But, uh, so all, all yeah. to say that you were really having a fun time in these early employment. I mean, Jeff yeah. has talked about like the degradation and that right. just there was no respect, and you're like, I was just out there having a good time. I was out there partying. living my life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so now this is the question. So you like you said, you were on the beach. You and your girlfriend decided, okay, yes, we're going to go out there together. We're going to make this thing happen. What was the thought process driving from Las Vegas to the audition? Because you had really no contacts in California, correct? You had no place to right. live. You had nothing. Yeah, no, no place to live, no, no place to stay, none of that. We were just like, we're just going to try it out. So we knew it was the two-day audition because we had read like a, a bunch of things online, like there was even a bunch of things online back then. But we had read as much as we could online. We're like, okay, it's a couple days, so we'll go out. If we get cut today, we'll just drive home. And if we don't, then we'll worry about finding a cheap hotel then. First round of auditions happens. I got called back to the second day, and she did not. And I stayed and she did not. Um, let's uh, let's stop right there. How did that affect your relationship going forward? Here, okay, so we had, we, had, we had a rough year and a half or so, but 
girls, you know, we go through a lot of crap with our girlfriends. And uh, we did eventually make it back to being friends, which is great. Because oh. even through all of our ups and downs, we've we've had ups and downs several times. <laughs> and we've been through so much crap together that I'm like, well... So so, let's get back to that then. First day, first round of auditions, you're going through. Is there a specific memory of that first day? Because obviously you had a support system. You had a a wingman there with you. Yeah, but it was like we were separate heights. So we were almost immediately separated. Ah. So it was like, well, okay, we got through like the first hour of being at the auditions together. And then was like, just kidding. Okay. So then what, what was the discussion? I mean, basically she just said, I'm upset. I'm going home. Obviously I'm not waiting around another day. So you were left there by yourself the second day. Is that correct? Um, yes. So it, yeah, it was, it was when the cuts were made and she had to work a shift at Mervyn's. That's a throwback. (laughs) That doesn't exist anymore. She had to get to her Mervyn's job. If, and when she, she hears this i hope she knows i love and respect her so much now but we do dumb sh- <laughs> when we're teenagers oh i'm so sorry i don't think i'm supposed to say bad i'm so sorry um <laughs> we'll we, cover it we, with <laughs> yes please yeah give me a give me some kind of a disney noise i'm so sorry but yeah so it was basically like well i have to work tomorrow and i was like well i really want to go to this audition she's like well i gotta go up. and i think i said something along the lines of like i guess i can try and find a way to get home <laughs> <laughs> And then she left when we were at, I believe Jeff had told the story of the big building. The What is it? Was it green or yellow? What color is that? It's both. both. Yeah. Both. Right, right. Green and yellow. Anyways, so the big building. So she had left me there because that's where you are at the end of auditions. And so I'm just there in that parking lot. And this was back before, like my cell phone was like not even a flip phone. It just had buttons, just like nine buttons on it. My cell phone back then, I couldn't like search the internet to figure out where I could go stay. So I was just... They're like, oh, okay, I'm trying to figure out somewhere to stay. Does anyone know how I figure out somewhere to stay? And people were like, oh, you don't have anywhere to stay? You're really cool. My mom will let you come over. And so I did. I went to a total stranger's house. His mom (laughs) made me dinner. And this was a guy, too. And he was, this was Alex. Oh, I love him so much. Alex Ramirez. And he was only 17 at the time. He was going into his senior year of high school, so 16 or 17, and he just, like, told his mom, hey, this 18-year-old girl is here from Las Vegas, and she doesn't have anywhere to stay. Can she stay at our house? And his mom was like, come on over. Here's some food. Anaheim is the land of dreams. Exactly. Nobody speak ill of Anaheim. not going to be that bad. Exactly. (laughs) So that was a – that was a – as much as it sounds like a traumatizing experience, I just I immediately was thrown into the culture of like, okay, we're all going to be a family. We're all going to get through this. And we haven't even made it through the audition yet. It was great. <laughs> Very cool. And so this is the thing. So I think that we really met up the first day because I think, again, you were probably a different height. You were doing everything right. you were doing. And I think it was second time around next day is when we really started hanging out together in the hallway, you know, as yes. you're waiting for Our things to happen. Our last names are close. Yes. Were. So I believe we ended up near each other for those. You know, they do that like personality interview, like the group interview. Right. Where they put you at a table with five people and you got to try and shine harder than those other four people. <laughs> You're like, Psh, I've been in theater for 12 years. I got this. Obviously, you know, Nikki, you've already seen she was able to schmooze her way into a, a night stay. <laughs> very charming. Yes. Charismatic. <laughs> very fun. And so I just, yeah, I just remember like hanging out. I think we may have even gone to lunch together when they had the lunch yeah, break or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taco Bell, I think. we were, yeah, Something like that. 
Sounds like, like us back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so when everything was kind of said and done, like I remember talking and that, but that's how clueless I was. I didn't know you were going through all that at the time, but I remember <laughs> towards the mind. end, yeah, towards the end of the audition, you were buddying up to this Mickey height girl named Wendy. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly you guys are best friends. And yes. you, weren't you in the exact same position where like she was, came from up north and she oh, didn't yeah. have a place she to live yet? I had nowhere to go, and we were like, looks like we just became best friends. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's all of a sudden you guys are roommates, and you find your apartment. That was that. Like, Yeah. When you work at Disney, everyone else finds your apartment. Am I right, guys? Yeah, yeah it was the party <laughs> place, for sure. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think they found your apartment. I don't know about yes. Adam and I. We didn't right. necessarily live that life. Right. Well, I was still living at home. Well, we both were. Uh, I don't know that, yeah, Adam's house was the party place. Hey, there's always good snacks at Mama Pope's house. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Healthy and otherwise, yes, always ready to go. So, yeah, so at that point... I recall that, yeah, so we're, we're getting into what we covered during our last episode, which was we were talking about the training process at Disney yes. University and all that. So you got hired in as a Pluto Height performer. Mm-hmm. And what other characters did that qualify you to play? Um, I was on the smaller end of Pluto. There's like the smaller and the taller. There's like a three or four inch difference. It's not much, but it's it's just slight enough where like I could only do the little guys. Like you could always tell it was me and Pluto because I had a lot more ruffles at my ankles than normal <laughs> Plutos did because I was very small. I technically should not have been allowed to do Buzz Lightyear, but he was my absolute favorite. And I definitely openly will admit that I cheated and stood on my toes so I could get approved for him Aww. because Buzz, you get to almost look out of eyes. So you get to see little boys look at you like you're just the ultimate hero. And it's just like the coolest thing, man. Did you ever get to play Smee? I got to play Smee only like once in a special event. Oh, okay. It. Yeah. So I only got to put the costume on once. But so fun because he's such a goofy dude. But you know who my favorite actually was? Was uh, Rafiki. Rafiki was my absolute because there's no rules with Rafiki. There really aren't. Like, and he's got these cool, gnarly fingers. You can. Well, there's supposed to be rules with Rafiki. (laughs) Well, Rafiki's (laughs) Rafiki's never follow the rules. I think is more. Yeah, that's why it's awesome. Come on, don't act Uh, like blues. Follow the rules. Come on. Oh, that's true. I'm not saying (laughs) that they do. It's true. But, well, it's uh, also because, like, only a small percentage knew who you were. Oh, look, it's, true. it's the baboon with the blue butt. <laughs> right. yeah, that's us. Yes. Sit down and join my drum circle, children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what I recall about Nikki's Pluto in particular, is she literally played so heavy on the dog overtones. <laughs> this wasn't a person in a costume. A this dog, was a dog right? walking on two feet, and you could just hear her panting in the costume. <laughs> <laughs> and you're always, always moving, kind of shaking. You know, it's the excited dog. Did you have dogs growing up, Nikki? Did you have a oh, yeah. study? Oh, yeah. Huge dog person over here. Now, where did you work most often, to your recollection? I did about, I want to say, three, three and a half years in the character department. So it's like there's different phases. As you gentlemen know, of course, I want to say, like, when I first started, you know, you end up with a lot of the main streets, the Toontown, and then I progressed into a lot of 
lot of Goofy's Kitchen, was, which was where I would get to hang out with Jeff, which was awesome. And Goofy's Kitchen is cool because you have more opportunities to actually interact. Like, it's not just the line of books being thrown in your face for an autograph. Like, you actually get a chance to interact and make memories with the kids. So that's why I really enjoyed that. And Pluto, actually there, I'm not sure if it's still Pluto to this day, but Pluto at Goofy's Kitchen used to have his own little photo location. And it was legit just like 30 minutes at a time of just playing with kids, like one kid at a time, getting all the attention they deserve. Like, oh, it was so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so you mentioned getting to hang out with Jeff there. So I think this is an interesting time to to discuss kind of how you and Jeff met. Because again, we were friends after the audition. Again, I was over at your apartment a lot. We would go see movies. We'd hang right. out. It was good times. I even went to Las Vegas to meet your family oh, at one yeah, point. Oh, yeah, trying to wrestle my father. Yes. Which was awkward. I was instructed. Wait, yeah, hang on, hang on. Poor Adam glosses over this too much. So it should be pointed out that at this phase in Adam Pope's life, he was very – he was – he was aggressively dating. I don't mean like, like <laughs> dating in an aggressive fashion or fashion. He was dating like he, he, he dated people. Getting and, out uh, there. Right, right, right. And Lots so there was some form of dating. And the, the one thing that I think it was your brother, wasn't it, Nikki, who said, would you meet my dad, Adam? Yeah. You have to wrestle him. Yeah. And so somehow there is video footage. <laughs> Of Adam literally walking into the oh, Paul household is. and going, "Hello, sir. I've been told I'm supposed to wrestle you." And then he grapples this marine. Oh my god! Adam's oh. Pope, he's a legend. He's a legend. It really, you really are, sir. You deserve a, a slow clap. Thank daily. you, thank you. Yeah. I, I respect your dad most of all because he's a Kiss fan. I'm <laughs> going is. to see Kiss at the end of this week yes. on the end of the road tour in Vegas. I'm hoping your dad oh, will yeah. be in the audience. Who knows? Um, me too. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So this is interesting. So we'll just we'll just lay it on the table. We're all happily married now. Uh, right. You know, not to each other. Uh, <laughs> not but, to each other. Not but, all three. Yeah. Of them. And th there was some. <laughs> there was some form of dating between me and Nikki, which I I almost. Had forgotten that because we got over that stage no pretty offense, quickly. But you know. yeah, it was, yeah, it's I understand. <laughs> yeah, we we realized pretty quickly. We're like we're we're better as friends than anything. Definitely to do with besties forever. Yeah, it's like you get into that that phase of when you're in your early twenties. It's like oh, a cool girl. I must wait date a her. minute. You are the opposite sex, and we get along. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, oh, wait, never mind. So you you were a turning point for me is, oh, I can have a friend who's awesome and cool, and I don't right? have to date her. Got it. Okay. I um, do what I can, man. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of dating, so what came up at a certain point is that, and Jeff tells the story best, but there was a shift that... I needed to trade. No, 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 no. All right, you tell the story, already, this, this. Now, I should point out the end, well, not, not the end of the story, the immediate end of the story. When we get to the climax here, my friends that I was at their house at the time that this story ended, they said, and they've known me ever since high school, they said, Jeff, I have literally never seen you this angry as you are at Adam Pope right now. Oh, like, my goodness. That's the end of this. Well, not the end end, but you'll see when we get here. Okay. So here's how this goes. Adam, oh, going through his story, remember, so he was working at Disneyland, then he left, and then he came back. So he'd been at Disneyland 
for a few months at this point. Now, part of Disneyland, not just the character department, but all employees there, uh, well, not maybe not all, but non-union at least, uh, is you get your schedule that comes out in blocks. So they release it in like, I think, was it every two weeks, four weeks? I think it was two. I think you remember two? two? Think. Okay. Yeah. So they release it then like every, so you have, you know what you're doing for the next two weeks and then they would release like a new one. Anyway, you would know at least two weeks in advance. Now, the way that this would work, the tradition is that if you're a rookie there and you want a day off where you have already been scheduled and you call the office and say, hey, I know I've been scheduled on Monday. Can I get this day off? They're going to say you need to find someone to take your shift and you're a rookie. So you don't know anybody. So right. literally, what you would have to do is you would have to take the book of the schedule and you have to go <laughs> down every single person who had that day off that was your height and call them and say, hey, can you take this? Hey, can you take this? For, for at least a year, I did that. Now, here's Adam. Adam, working there for about two, two months, he wants to get a day off to go out, out on a date. And he calls me up and goes, hey, Jeff, I know you're not working on this date. Like, can you take my shift because I want to go out on a date? And I've got a morning shift in Toontown. And I'm like, there is no way no I want to take that shift. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you what, like, Adam, because I'm your friend, I'm going to do this favor for you. If you go through the list and you call every single person that you're supposed to call and none of them are willing to take this shift, then I'll take it for you. Ugh. Oh, but Jeff, do I have to call all those people? Adam, this is what rookies have to do, dude. I did it. We've all done it. So that was a conversation we had in the morning at some point. Later in the afternoon, I like. I think he called back. I called back. I don't remember exactly how it went. We reestablished communication to find out how it was going. Jeff, I don't want to call all these people. Adam, <laughs> this is what rookies have to do. And so finally it gets down. Okay. You know what? I'll tell you what, none of that works out. I wouldn't mind going to a baseball game. If you can call this one gal that I was interested in, uh, if you're, if you can get a hold of her and if she's free and able to go to the game, maybe I'll do it then. <laughs> but Jeff, I don't even know her. I don't even know who that is. Adam, come on now. So time goes by, et cetera, et cetera. I'm at home. I'm with my friends. And this kind of continues. And so I finally go, okay, Adam, I'll tell you what. Like, if you can't get a hold of her, heck, dude, you know, if you can find me a hot date, I guess that'll be okay. So later that night, Adam had spent the rest of the day, apparently, contacting the different females that he knew <laughs> to find the date. Not calling goofy people to take his oh, shift, my but calling girls. And the first or second person that he called was Nikki, who turned out to be a baseball fan. And so he goes, guess what, Jeff? I got you a date. Oh, and she's cool. Added, uh, I was more concerned go. about your happiness. That's oh. Toontown sucks, and you know it. Uh, Toontown is not even worth the happiness, man. Oh, it's so <laughs> especially on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, you're a saint, it. sir. Saint. So, then I'm with my friends at this point, and I, I probably either yell – well, I probably both yelled and hung up the phone on Adam and was just steaming the rest of the night. And so that was where my friends were like, I have never seen you this angry. <laughs> so then the 
end the happy ending to the story is that so then that Saturday in Toontown, ironically, Nikki was also working. Oh and my she god! Was yes, working with Paul, who was my double, and you were doing <laughs> Pluto. We were doing thirty minutes on, thirty minutes off, so we'd never see each other because we would be on with Nikki, and then I would be wearing. Paul had this beanie that he had put on like where all my stuff was. And, but I didn't think it was Paul because I could have sworn I saw you wearing that beanie. <laughs> so after the next set, I'm like, what is she doing? I don't know. Because I knew this was who I was supposed to go on this date with. So I moved the hat somewhere else for the next set. Next, I come back, the hat's back in the same place. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> so the entire day, I keep moving this hat around thinking I'm flirting with this girl, but it's really oh. my double, this guy, Paul, who's like, where's my hat, man? Who do you have my hat oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> so needless to say, that was the point at which, you know, Jeff and Nikki obviously started having fun and uh, spending time together. And then, yeah, so I guess that, that does show us, you know, a couple things. One, <laughs> what, <laughs> what will happen will happen. Friendships were formed. Of course, I guess that's why there was forgiveness in the end. It's um, true. But uh, but also, this isn't the first time, because if you've heard back to the other episode, when I hired in twice, I was supposed to fill out a referral form for Jeff to get ah, 50 bucks, and I didn't do true. that either. I lost so. 100 bucks, too. Jeff Ridiculous. is St. Goofy, for sure. A hundred bucks and a morning, a Saturday morning in Toontown. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's true. So, but this is, this is my question then for you, Nikki. So what, during your time there, were some of the, either the more special moments or some of the crazier moments that you experienced as, as you started, you know, again, three years, that's a pretty substantial oh, time yeah. to be there. I think for all of us, one of our favorite things is always uh, Make-A-Wish. Um, so I've done a couple of really cool Make-A-Wish things with some some kids that, you know, you like do the moment and then you come back, take off your head and everyone thinks you got beat up because you're crying hysterically. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? I just did a Make-A-Wish on the Rivers of America. <laughs> I can't. So those are always super special, but uh, special events where we get to do cool stuff like ride in costume. That's fun. Ooh, what did you get to ride? I'll tell you what wasn't fun. I one time rode the, uh, I don't remember, they've renamed it a couple times, but the Rockets right in front of Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll put you in that, and the centrifugal force, if you're in the wrong costume, not <laughs> awesome. I rode that in in Eeyore once. I rode that with a kid. Oh, my God. Whoa. the ring. Oh, my God. It was the most painful, however long that ride is. But, I was going to say, Buzz Lightyear would have been more appropriate to get up in that thing, but uh, right, Eeyore, sure. Can Buzz fit was, in those? Um, I don't think he could because he's too rigid. Yeah. Like, I had to squish in there in, in the other case. But it was because we were doing uh, the breakfast right there in that cafe. So it's real easy to slide from oh, that cafe. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go from there, and it's real easy to slide on the ride and then get back and ice your knees. Well, so th- this is my question then, too, for you. So you were saying, again, one of your previous jobs, earning five twenty-five an hour. <laughs> Roughly, what were you earning at Disneyland, and how much oh, of a difference God. was that making? I want to say, that we, when did we hire in, like, March or April of 2004, right. I think? And didn't we make, like, eight-something an hour? It was yeah, like I think the minimum something. wage had just been raised, and it was kind of just barely above that. Yeah. But, I mean, we get paid weekly, and we get into the park for free, so it's like, oh, we're all broke, but we can 
all get into the park and go hang out for free, so that's cool. Right. And I feel like I feel like Nikki, you you did actually go into the park to play. I did. It really became like a sort of home, as cheesy as that is. Like being from a place like Las Vegas, it's not a very comfortable place to really find your home in. But to walk down Main Street in the morning before the gates are open, you just kind of that stays with you. And That's so true. even when Especially the park's full Christmas of people, time. oh god, Christmas my absolute time. favorite. Yeah, I got a question for you, Nikki. So what would you say this popped into my head? And I, I have a feeling that Adam and I are going to cover this on a later podcast. But if you had to say from our time being there, what was the best break area to break in in all of Disneyland? Mm. Ooh, see, but it depends on what shift you're on, too. They had really good food in that break area right below Frontierland. They had like the really big cheese sticks underneath there. It was underground. Why can I not think of what it's called? It was like oh, under like, over- Club 33, sort of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what did you guys I mean, do under there? I never once broke under there. Um, I, yeah. I only went there when I worked Club 33. And wow. I th- I want to say villains during October, villains would break in one of those break rooms. Mm-hmm. What villain were you playing? No, I was hosting villains. Oh, you were a host. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Oh, so, so let's talk about that a little bit then. So you actually you got into hosting yes. in addition to character work. I did. And hosting is unbelievably fun because in character work, you don't get to say anything, but you get to be your own character when you're hosting. So that's fun. And I actually pride myself on the Christmas that I was the uh, over at the Jolly Ranch, one of the little main ranchers over there. That was fun. <laughs> so I got to I got to color with the kids and tell stories with Pluto. It was a good time. Ooh. Did you have a twang? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. You have to. Right. Which I think we should point out. So host is the person, the human, not in costume, that is right. with the character. And at yes. least for me, I always found there were three kinds of hosts. <laughs> there was the host that thought they were your bodyguard, which at least <laughs> me as a veteran, I was like, get out of here, get dude. I don't here. need you. Especially because it would always be some like five foot three girl. I'm like, <laughs> right. no offense, but get I don't out need of here. you to protect me. Like, <laughs> look at how tall I am, especially in this costume. Right. Um, there would be the ones that drove me crazy that would be your translators. Oh, like, that I hated bugged that. Me. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they wouldn't know what you were saying, and they would totally take it out of context. Oh, yeah. What's that you're saying, Goofy? Oh, but then my yeah. favorite, and this was really this was a rare thing. So I, like like Nikki, I don't think you were ever my host, Nikki. But if, if like it took a, a lot of skill to, there was a couple. Like if you guys remember Shay, Shay was one of my. Fa- he hated hosting, but he was so spectacular at it. Right. Because he acted as though he could fully understand what you were saying. And so he just reacted as though you were speaking English. And then everybody else could then figure out what he thought you were saying. And then, like, it was just, it was awesome. It was just like, this is just my buddy. He's just Oh, here. yeah. And then, so hosting yeah. was a fine art, I thought. I agree. I agree. I think uh, there were some mistakes made where people who weren't ready, you got to be ready. Because mm. the host has to be ready to tell people things the character cannot and the things they don't want to hear. Like, so you're very correct. It's it's a special line people have to walk. What were your shifts like when you worked at California Adventure? Did that differ a lot from working at Disneyland proper? When you were at California Adventure, it just felt like you were being punished, like you weren't allowed to work at Disneyland. 
Like in Sun Plaza, there's no shade and it's 100 degrees outside and you're listening to the same five Beach Boys songs the whole day. <laughs> it's, it's like, what did I do wrong in the Christmas? In Christmas season, they think it's fun to put a Christmas hat on all the dang hosts and make them wear a vest, even though it's 95 degrees outside in California. <laughs> Although that you had to have been the real stars at California Adventure because guests were so bored during those it's first true. few years. Oh, but God, seeing a so familiar true. character, you're like, I can't believe it. Yes, Pluto's here. You know, right. Here. That's 100 percent accurate. I mean, there were a couple of break rooms that were that were lovely over there. But for the most part, maybe it's because I came from so far away in Las Vegas. I just wanted to be where the Magic Castle was. <laughs> Remember when they used to give away free tortillas? Oh, you guys yeah. are out for that? Yes. That was a big yes, deal. Yes, that is a Always big deal. Always getting fresh and tortillas. And bread. Yes. out with the Bugs Life characters. Now, let me ask you this, Nikki. So, did a little bit of character work. We're doing hosting work. Towards the end of your time there, were you pulling double duty as far as, because I know you got into waitressing at ESPN oh, Zone gosh. eventually. So yeah. what, what was the, the, you know, the impetus for all of that? I worked there for about three years after I turned 21. That's when you start realizing, like, how many more years am I going to have to have this many roommates? Like, <laughs> what am I going to do to, like, I cannot do this forever. So you start just kind of figuring out, what can I do besides this? This is all I really know right now. So I started hostessing and waitressing at a restaurant in the block at orange and so that was actually the restaurant i started at and then i worked at another restaurant in newport just kind of learned how that whole business worked and then realized i could make the money if i moved back to my hometown so i moved back to vegas made a bunch of money and then was like eh, i still miss the ocean and went back and that's when i worked at espn zone so ultimately, it was more of a financial decision. It was just to say, it really was. Can't make a living. Yeah, like if if it were financially feasible, I'm like, who wouldn't want to, you know, one Saturday out of the month go do that? Like that'd be awesome. So, Nikki, what is it exactly that you're doing these days? Are these fitness competitions? Is it just personal oh, no. goals? What I is it you're cake. doing? I can't do fitness competitions. <laughs> okay. That's not for me. Um, I don't think having a six pack is worth giving up ice cream and I stand <laughs> firmly by this. Um, so, uh, I am a personal trainer. I train clients out of my own personal business, which is ran out of my full gym that I have in my garage, which I'm very oh. lucky for that. And your body is your business card. Basically. You're like, look Pretty at this. Much. This could be yeah. you. Do you want to do this precisely? Uh, and I also coach at Orange Theory. Cool. So that's fun. I get to like yell it. That's why my voice sounds a little raspy. I, uh, <laughs> I yell at rooms full of 40 people at a time to just keep going. With music? Is there music yeah. you have to yell over? Loud okay. music and then running around and screaming at people. Now, as you look back on your time there, is there one story in particular people ask you like, oh, what was it like working at Disneyland? Is there something that's a fallback for you that you go to that's just that pleasant memory you always like to share? God, there's so many, but I have to say, like, when I think of realizing, oh, because I work here, this is the greatest perk. I used to love when you were in Main Street, which is one of the most hectic places to be a character. So you're having a hectic day all day. Finally, when the fireworks happen, when we'd pull the benches away from the break room so that we could all get a, a great view of the fireworks together. And we'd all just sit there half in costume, half in our leotards, whatever. We would all just sit there, sweaty messes and watch the fireworks together. That is 
an unreal memory that no one except for all of us that are you know lucky enough to have worked there would have oh yeah that is super special i think that's what you know something that we circle around as we come back and we're actually going to do a full episode just on kind of the break room bonding yeah just like the people oh, you meet it. and that's almost the most fun that you have there oh, uh, is, really is, is there any particular character who was just an individual that was a character that you recall of, from your time there that you just think oh, back oh my and, goodness you don't have to use the last name but just be like oh this guy or that girl oh, she was my crazy goodness. you know who i have to go with one of the purest hearts ever i gotta go with waggleopolis little chris waggle what i love chris waggle man <laughs> you call him chris, pure of hearts chris oh, no chris waggle is so awesome i love him so much like he just he'll get riled up about things that don't really matter but it's all because he like cares about people and he like doesn't understand the line between like people's bl- and like I love that guy. I'm so sorry, God. You guys keep doing your podcast, and I've got my dirty no. mouth. I'm yes. sorry, but did um, you see the time he was on Judge Joe Brown? I did not. Yeah. But you know, what? it's stories like that. It's anyone that you can mention, and everyone's face lights up. That's, that's true. Awesome. Like, yeah, Waggle was the character himself, and that's what we asked was like a character. Like he's he's a human I will never forget, and I'll never be sorry that I know. And he's one of those. You know, in this day and age, I am the first person to admit that I avoid eye contact when I run into people that I know. But if I were to see him across like the way at Disney, I would run across a crowd of people to be like, yo. I need a high five. Let's do this. But just good vibes, man. You know, those are good times. All right. Nikki, before we let you go, are there, is there any other story that's coming to mind? I feel like we just need to have you back. There's so many. And I'm, I'm trying to like, remember like things. And I'm trying to remember, was that Jeff that day? Or was, was that Adam that day? It was one of you. Like all these funny <laughs> stories. And I'm like, dang it. Just trying to think. But we just have so many great memories. Like, And I feel like what I wanted to touch on earlier was my like three and a half years that I spent in the character department, I feel like influenced me more than the four years I spent in high school wow. and everything. Like, it's just cause everyone's growing up and going through crap and still trying to have a good time. And it's just, it's a great way for people to grow together and people stick around. Cause it's such a fun job that everyone really does get a chance to grow at least for a couple years together. This is an awesome opportunity. I would never take back. Yeah, I, th- I think for all of us, too, it's a little different because, you know, like Jeff and I, you know, we both just went to community college, so we didn't have like the four-year college experience. Same here. Yeah. yeah so, I, so I think for for us, that was our fraternity or our sorority or our, you know, just our college, you know, getting a little wild. You know, you just had fun behind the scenes at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With, with the most so fun crazy. people out there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, well, you were definitely a big part of that for a lot of people, Nikki, and we thank you so much for being with us and sharing these stories because no one has a story like yours. That's for sure. <laughs> I love the podcast. I can't wait to keep listening, guys. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. So ends the bonus episode. Look for another one, possibly next month. A couple other people who have worked in the park in the past in different capacities, and some of them even as guests with maybe a more storied history. If in the meantime, keep an eye out for a March's episode because Jeff and I are going to be taking you through a day in the life of a costumed character. So you're going to see through our mask. You're going to get an idea of what it was really like being there for eight hours a day and the fun to be had. So, until next time, oh yuck, bonus! (laughs) (laughs) There's an ending. Bonus! (laughs) I like it.